from the Episcopal Church website. A lectionary is a table of readings from scripture appointed to be read at public worship. The lectionary, which was created in 1969 and revised in 1981, was developed by the Roman Catholic Church after Vatican II and provided for a three-year cycle of Sunday readings. This Roman lectionary provided the basis for the lectionary found in our prayer book, the 1979 edition, as well as for lectionaries developed by many other denominations. The common lectionary, published in 1983, developed out of a concern for the unity of the church and a desire for a common experience of scripture. The revised common lectionary, published in 1992 and officially adopted by the Episcopal Church in 2006, is a three-year cycle of Sunday Eucharistic readings in which Matthew, Mark, and Luke are read in successive years with some material from John sprinkled in each year. What all that means is that if you are traveling away from St. Peter's or attend another church that's following the lectionary, you will hear the same scripture readings that we do on any given Sunday, with a few exceptions, including today. Only the Episcopal Church, from all those churches that follow the Revised Common Lectionary, only we hear the prologue to John's Gospel on the first Sunday after Christmas. All the other denominations using the RCL are hearing Matthew chapter 2, which is the flight of Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus to Egypt to escape from Herod's murderous plot. That's another sermon for another time. But wait, there's more. If you were here on Christmas Eve at the 8 p.m. service, you heard Will McPherson's reading and excellent reflection on the prologue to John's Gospel. If Greg had so chosen, you might have heard it again on Christmas morning. Today, the first and this year the only Sunday after Christmas, we hear this same passage from the fourth gospel. Three times in less than a week we could have heard this passage. Don't you think there's a reason for that? Might it be something to which we should pay attention? I think so. The writer of this gospel tells a completely stripped down version of the Christmas story. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the Hebrew tradition, in the Hebrew scriptures, that word dwelt doesn't mean stop by for a visit, passing through, stay long enough for a cup of coffee. It literally means to pitch a tent, to establish a residence. So when it says the word dwelt among us, he came to live with us. 
In between those two verses, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, is another important bit. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Now, you know if I'm preaching, I'm going to give you a grammar lesson. So notice the verb tenses. The light shines. It's current. It's ongoing. Infinite. And the darkness did not overcome. It's in the past. It's finite. In presiding Bishop Michael Curry's Christmas message, he paraphrased this passage, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not, cannot, and will not overcome it. God sent his word, his light, into the world because God loves his creation, both the world and the people in it. Think of how you feel about something you've created and cared for. Your children, if you have them. Your pets. Your garden. Food. Some of the good examples here at St. Peter's include the altar guild and their banners that adorn the sanctuary at All Saints. The daughters of the king and their prayer shawls that they lovingly knit for others. Joe Kilduff and Norma Smothers and their care and creation of our vestments and altar hangings. Steve Hurd and his woodworking of many of our altarpieces. There are too many examples to name. When we create something, we want to care for it because we love it. It is precious to us. God loved his creation, of which we are a part, so much that he wants to care for it and redeem it. A little further over in John, we hear one of the most famous, well-known Bible verses of all. He so loved the world that he gave his only son that he might save the world from itself with his love. In just a little while during communion, we will sing the hymn, Love Came Down at Christmas, which is a lyrical version of a poem by Christina Rossetti. It's number 84 in the hymnal if you want to look at it. Two of Rossetti's poems were converted into Christmas carols in the bleak midwinter and this one, Love Came Down at Christmas. Love Came Down first appeared in her book, Time Flies, a Reading Diary, published in 1885. And it was the entry in that diary for today's date, December 29th. The poem presents an inviting image of incarnate love descending to earth 
heralded by star and angels. If we include the word lovely, love is mentioned 12 times in three short stanzas. Each of the three stanzas ends with the word sign. The first verse ends, star and angels gave the sign. That's pretty straightforward. The star led the wise men to the manger. The angels appeared to the shepherds and told them not to be afraid. The second stanza ends with a pretty archaic phrase for us, but wherewith for sacred sign. And the best interpretation I could find for this is, with what sacred sign do we, as she says, worship the Godhead and, and I love this phrase, our Jesus. Rosetti herself answers that question in the next stanza, love shall be our token. And the word token is revealing. A token is a distinctive sign or a mark, a badge worn to indicate allegiance to a particular person or group, kind of like a lapel pin or a bumper sticker or a piece of jewelry like a cross on a chain. But in this context, Rossetti is not referring to a physical thing, but more an outward expression of love that people can see in us. Love should always be our token. In the words of another beloved hymn, they will know we are Christian by our love. The last line in the poem ends love for plea and gift and sign. Love for plea. We've all heard pleas from countless charities for help during the holiday season, but those pleas don't come only during the holidays, and they don't always come from charitable entities. Pleas for enough money to put food on a table. Pleas for the courage to walk away from a bad relationship. Pleas for the strength to get out of bed the next morning are sent up every day of the year. Sometimes we hear about them. Sometimes we are the ones making them all alone in our own beds. Please, God. Our challenge is to listen for those pleas, especially the ones that are unspoken. Love for gift, how blessed we all are. We have jobs, we have homes, we have plenty of food, and we are grateful, but we all know people who struggle who have lost many things. Bishop Curry referred to those who have lost hope dashed on the altar of reality. Our challenge is to see the need for gifts throughout the year, not just during the holidays. Gifts of money when we can, 
gifts of service when we see the need, gifts of prayers unceasingly, gifts of compassion. love for sign. This is our chance. If, as Rossetti says, love shall be our token, we must bear it at all times. And more importantly, be willing to give it away freely. Just as it was given to us so freely, so long ago, just as it is given to us every day. God so loved the world. If you've ever been to the 9 o'clock service, you've heard Eucharistic Prayer 3. It's not found in the prayer book. It's part of the Enriching Our Worship liturgy. It contains one line I particularly like, but think might be improved, like I could have any impact on the Committee for Liturgy and Music. It reads, toward the end of the prayer, remembering all that was done for us, the cross, the tomb, the resurrection and ascension, and longing for Christ's coming in glory. In that portion of the prayer, it glosses over the incarnation, which makes all those other events in the life of Christ possible. No matter what the season, or the circumstances, or the politics, or the religion, our sign our token is the love that is God in Christ shining through our lives for everyone. Because God so loved the world, love came down at Christmas, love incarnate, love divine. Amen. Amen.